Welcome to Being Experiential Podcasting. I'm Bethany Evans, and I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Pruitt. Today, we're talking about mindful conversations. This is, I love this topic, because to me, like, first of all, we're going to describe, we're going to break it down, what is mindfulness, and then we're also going to talk about, like, how can we have conversations, mindful conversations, like when we're triggered, right? Because we have reptilian brains that kick in yeah. or when you're annoyed and you can't find the word. Some of us are like, I say there's Rambo living in my head, like when I'm pissed. <laughs> and then I know people that just shut down, like they can't yeah. even think. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to talk about all those things where you can learn to speak your truth whether upset, whether you shut down or whether you are a bit of a, you know, you're going to cause World War Three, Right. Um, so, and we're going to talk about from romance to work and a lot, all the in between um, on how to really have an effective conversation. Yeah. I think it's an art form. It's not easy. Oh, totally. And I feel like that, I, that is what I've been doing. Cause first, like four years ago when I realized like, you know, I got divorced and I was like, what the fuck happened? Like, why are my, why do my relationships suck? You know, that kind of was like yeah. the first thing that you realize, okay, there wasn't, there wasn't communication. Like, so mm-hmm. <laughs> how do I communicate honestly my feelings and how do I totally people's feelings and how, in their perspective without getting hurt and wanting to, like you said, shut down. It's like, cause of the survival instinct kicks in, right? It's either fight, flight or freeze. And it's like, yeah. so you're gonna shut down and run away or whatever you're going to, um, you know, try to attack the other person. So I think this is important. Totally. Yeah. And I think, you know, and we also, it's good to look at, I think the way we were raised our environment, because yeah. if it was modeled in your home, uh, when people are upset, you just push it to the side and we don't talk about it mm-hmm. or whether it was modeled to like you battle it out and you argue. Right. Um, we have a tendency, with, at least what I've seen with my clients, is either to run towards the patterns that we come from yeah. or run away from them. Mm-hmm. And both are not necessarily authentic expressions of who we are. Like we have to also totally. like find it, it. Yes. Use our environment to inform and learn, but not necessarily make the decisions on how we're going to be a communicator. Totally. Um, so the first thing is, what the hell is mindfulness, right? Like yeah. what is what it? Is it? Tell yeah. us, Aaron. Okay, ready? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Did okay. you define it like me? Did you look it up in the dictionary? No, because I, I make this shit up. Uh, <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. Well, to me, I've just been doing mindfulness work for probably 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness, the language, mindful became more popular, I'd say in the last two to four years. Yeah. And it's a catch-all for like how to be in the moment. Mm where you are express fully present and fully yourself is what I think Mm. it is Yeah, while giving space for someone else to be fully themselves. Right. That sounds wonderful, but it can be easy, right? Difficult to do. (laughs) Yeah. Right. If you're someone who confronts things right away and you're an external processor and you're, but you're in a relationship with someone who has to like sit on it and think Mm -hmm. about it and is an internal processor, which means they have to talk to themselves before they're going to talk to anyone else. That could be like really not the most smoothest communication. Totally. So mindfulness is how you are able to be fully present in the moment. And that's free of the past, Mm. free of the future, 
So, yeah. right. Like you always, whenever I hear always and never with clients, I'm like, oh, you <laughs> I know, always, right? <laughs> you never, and then, you always, you never. And then free of the future, right? Like anticipating up there, they go again, mm. they're going to do this. Like I can write right. the script out and be right here, but also being fully in your authentic expression of whatever that is. Mm. So, and giving someone else space. Yeah to be in their communication <clears throat> is what's needed totally and, w- and when people can do that I'm like that's fucking magic that's Isn't like it? oh it's, it's amazing when you can act when you actually see the results of having mm. a mindful conversation despite heightened emotions or yeah. you know feeling triggered or, or if someone's saying something that hurts you and if you can sit and actually own like whatever's happening with you is just with yeah. you right and not projected onto the other person and they can do the same like yeah you come out of it feeling so much lighter and just more connected and I think you know like to go into like why mindful conversations are so effective is because you can create deeper relationships and connections with people and you can have relationships that last longer because of it um and i think um you can see things from somebody else's perspective and while also like you you've already said like keep your own perspective without adopting somebody else's but learn how to respect theirs and while also mm-hmm. honoring yours and seeing how you can still have relationship with people, even if you guys don't necessarily process the same or agree on the mm-hmm. same thing or um, communicate the same way, but like putting in that work to understand somebody like develops empathy, compassion, um, and just a deeper sense of love for other people and, and yourself too. Yeah. And I think that's so important because um it's it act and I find that when clients can have an effective conversation they start breaking themselves up like free of the past of what doesn't work right rather than digging in more of it like yeah I'm like oh god like they're in the trenches like they're not coming out (laughs) right (laughs) because it is it's like trench warfare because everyone stays in the trenches we're not going to move this anywhere Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to share a couple things of what you can do when it comes to and one of the things we're going to talk about is being in a romantic relationship. <clears throat> and then also if you're ending a romantic relationship mm-hmm. and especially when you're still co-parenting, like how do you be mindful with someone you no longer want to be with? Right. Right. And it's, it can be a little easier at times if it's someone you're not going to see anymore. Right. And you break yeah. up. It's not as easy when it's someone you're going to co-parent for the rest of your life. <laughs> totally. So um, first we're going to tackle, you know, I'm currently just um, in a relationship with Carl going on. We just fit um, two year anniversary. Nice. And just to set the stage a little bit, Carl is, well, let me first say, say about me. I'm, pretty self-expressed. I'm, my love languages are talk to me, touch me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm an external processor. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? Da, 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 da. And I'm constantly using my tool belt to solve, connect problems, um, feel deeper. Carl <laughs> is not like that. Carl mm-hmm. is the oldest of uh, four boys in a family from Minnesota, traditional um, family. And when I say traditional, like mom spent more time at home than dad to raise the boys. They, um, 
<clears throat> such a good family. Like you can feel the love, but you don't hear the love. Mm. It's not like my family. I love you. We do kiss hello. We do kiss goodbye. Right. Um, his family is not as much of overt affection, though you can feel it. Mm. So can you imagine, I want to hear it and touch it and see it. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, dang, Aaron. Um, so we can get stuck at times because we're so different. And he's also an internal processor. He likes to take us. He doesn't like, he needs time to think about it, to explore it. And so sometimes we have to chunk arguments. So he has time to process. Mm-hmm. And I, the joke about Libras, I don't know if anyone knows this, but the joke is they don't know what they're thinking until they start talking. Mm. And so I'm that like, that makes sense for me. I okay. have a Libra moon. And I was like, <laughs> I, cause I, when I have to look when I'm feeling something, I have to talk it out. Yes. And then I don't realize what I'm like feeling until I actually say the words. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, I'm a little frustrated with this. And I'll start talking to him. I'm like, no, I'm actually pissed. Yeah. I'm really pissed. <laughs> and he's like, stop talking. It's not getting better. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what we have done is there's some, and I do this with my clients is, um, and Carl has, I have tones too. And he, it's funny because I also can talk with an agenda and Carl, and it's subtle. I haven't been called out in any romantic relationship until this one. So (laughs) he's like, he can tell when I'm trying to get what I want, Mm. but I, in my head have decided it serves everyone. It's what I want, but actually what I want really serves everyone. And he can pick up subtleties that I, and this is my invitation to everyone is sometimes our partners say stuff to us and we don't want to admit it's true. Yeah. Like, because we, and we probably can argue our way out of it and say other things. But one of the things I've learned is I, what we want to teach our children is to trust themselves, mm-hmm. trust their intuition. So when, when your partner goes, I feel like, so Carl might say, I feel like you're manipulating me. Mm. Like what's going on here. And I'm like, I have two roads. Usually mm. the road of arguing that serves everyone <laughs> and it would be valid. And I'm a good arguer mm-hmm. or you're right. I am being manipulative. Mm. Here's what I want. And I think it's going to serve everyone. Right, right. <laughs> and I have to be super like honest, yeah. like slow myself down. And what that's done is validate Carl, right? Mm-hmm. And to allow him to keep being honestly share with me mm. when I'm swinging the way of manipulating, moving an agenda. Um, and it's... It's hard for me sometimes because I don't like being considered a manip- you know, manipulator. Well, yeah, because you're not doing it, it coming from a malicious place, right? You're just... No, not It usually. may be self-serving, yeah. but it's not malicious. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. And I think that that's been something that he gets. And so, so that's this. I wanted to share that because it's kind of, you know, um, where we teeter-totter in our relationship, where we yeah. are finding the balance, mm-hmm. um, his stoic, um, he's quicker to show frustration and anger than he is to show love and a gratitude. Like, mm. I feel like that's just acceptable for men, you know, like more so than women or like we're more to soften when men are more to be like outwardly aggressive. And also yeah. because, because anger is a mask for sadness, which men don't really like to admit. <laughs> mm, yeah. And that's, what's cool about Carl. He has said things, um, since we've been together, like this makes me anxious. I'm nervous. Nice. And when we were first together, 
it wasn't something that was live and well in his language. Mm. It's funny. Brene Brown talks about this. She says that, you know, we want oftentimes in heterosexual relationships and maybe same sex, but you look for yourself is we want, especially when it comes to men, we want this uh, protector, mm-hmm. this strong force. And then when, <clears throat> and then we say in the relationship, we want you to be vulnerable. We want you to tell us where you're scared. And then what men have given feedback about in her research is when they started to, women are like, shut it down. Right. That scares me. Right. Don't do that. You're supposed to protect us, not cry. Like, um, and mm-hmm. I realized for me, I have a very little bit of that. So I have, um, the opportunity for me is to keep creating safe space. Yeah. So Carl can show up scared mm-hmm. and nervous and not just show up, but like express it, which is totally my request. Right. Well, so what happens is, cause we all have both masculine and feminine energies within mm-hmm. us is like when they are shifting to their feminine, which is opening up, talking about their emotions, um, then the, you as the woman mm. has to then shift to be in your masculine energy to hold space for that. And I think that's yeah. where we maybe just, maybe it's just as women or for, because we're more feminine, we hold a more feminine energy. We feel insecure, maybe in our masculine or like, Oh my God, I don't know what to, or, you know, it's just, it's just the patriarchal conditioning also, I think, and how yeah. in general, we've been, we've treated men. Like we don't know how to handle when a man falls apart. Right. Because they're the ones who's supposed yeah. to keep it together for us. <laughs> so here's a few tips that I have gathered through my work with clients um, and also integrated my own. When you're hearing something or when you're wanting to have a conversation is to really try on being curious mm. and lean to curious over certain, because mm-hmm that creates the ability to be in the present. Mm-hmm. And my clients, I'll hear them like, oh no, Mario always yells at me when I forget to blah, blah, blah. And he never acknowledges. And I'm like, Ooh, we're <laughs> like in the land of certain. <laughs> and then what I'll have clients do is I'll say, why don't you ask Mario? Mm. And so, you know, my client, she'll, you know, so her name is uh, Sally. Sally turns to Mario and says, Hey, would you have been upset with me because I didn't do the dishes like I promised? Mm. And then, he, and that's curious. It's asking a question. It doesn't mean you can't think, Ooh, I think this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But when you decide you're judge and jury, it yeah. pisses people off. Right. You're right? assuming the outcome. Totally. Yeah. No one likes to be told this is what I, I knew you were going to do. This this. Is, yeah, exactly. Because they're basically setting the person up to act that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're creating their own story. And they're e- feeding their ego to be right, basically. Yeah. And I think that there might have been a pack. There might be really good indicators, right? That it's well, happened. And it's, right. But to say, would you have done this? I was worried. I was concerned. So being curious, leaning, heavily lean into curiosity over certainty. Mm-hmm. Another one is assume goodwill. You know, so often we're talking to each other and we just, I don't, I don't, well, I do it, but I think that we assume the worst from someone rather than assuming the best. best so yeah. if you're, um, you guys are in an argument and people are like, oh, they want to push my buttons or they're, mm. you know, they're intending for me to be this pissed. It's like, really? And you could say, do you want me to be pissed right now? Like that's when you go back to curiosity, but to assume like, I know you love me. Lots of mm-hmm. times I'll have clients say, well, they will re- start with an argument. Like they're, they know they're going to talk about something important and they're probably going to argue because, right. And that's okay. Right. And they say something like, 
I know we're on the same team and I know you love me and you want the best for me. Yeah. And here, and then they present the argument Mm -hmm. that's setting the, 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 the kind of the landscape for we are in this together and we're just not agreeing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's such a gift to kind of grease the wheels. Like you love me, right? You lose me. Well, yeah, it's looking at, I've heard this so many times too. And I love this is like realizing that it's, it's the problem, like looking, like working at it together and seeing the problem as outside of you. It's not Mm -hmm. each other is not the problem, right? So you're not blaming the other person. You're looking at, okay, this is outside of our relationship, but it's affecting our relationship. So how can we work together to tackle this issue and still remaining as a unit instead of going at each other about it? Yeah. And I think it's a perfect point. You're saying the problem is outside the front, the relationship, and this could be for any Mm -hmm. relationship and that we're together. And I think that sometimes just helps people twist their brain just goes, Oh, okay. I don't need to battle with you. Mm-hmm. We can battle with the problem. Yeah. And then the other thing is I say, like, slow the conversation <laughs> down. Sometimes it's like, phew, 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 phew. and someone rarely is everyone wanting to go that fast. There's someone that's like, what, what's happening? Or they're just not really listening. If that's happening, I feel like there's not actual listening happening. Yeah. Cause then you don't have time to actually respond right? You're just waiting to respond like mm-hmm. with something you're already thinking about rather than yeah. like what you said, getting curious. If you were curious, you could listen, take it in and then ask a question based on what that person was actually saying. Totally. And I think one way to slow the conversation, one is curiosity and one is like, wait, what I heard you say is I call it, it's parroting is one term for it. Mm-hmm. I heard you say that if ABC happens, then we, you want to do D, mm-hmm. ABCD. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, I wonder everyone Um, and and they're like, yes or no, that's not what I was saying. I was saying if A B happened, I don't right. care about C. Totally. Oh, okay. I was gonna disagree about the C, but we're on the same page. Sometimes right. just checking in, clarification. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and lastly, one big one is admit your triggers. Mm. Front load. Hey, I know we're going to start talking about finances. Mm-hmm. It makes you really nervous. <laughs> and I feel like when we start talking about finances, you want to save, I want to spend. So I just want you to know that I'm already, my tummy's turning. Mm-hmm. Like my tax guy doesn't know any relationship without me going, I hate doing this, Arnie. I hate it. <laughs> I'm nervous. And he right. always looks at me. He's like, Aaron, you, it always works out. Like it's never something horrible bomb. Right. right. But I'm just what I and I tell my dentist, I don't like being here. Nobody likes the nervous. Dentist. My tummy is turning, and they yeah. just go, "Okay, like right. I, I, it's not for them." I'm telling them because I need to get it out of my body. Right, right. Sometimes admitting your triggers, totally one, and then if you admit your triggers, if you need something like, "Hey, I'm a little nervous." Can we, you know, sometimes when you talk really fast, it makes it like, even goes, it's harder for me. Can you just mm-hmm. talk a little slower? That'll, so sometimes giving someone direction on how helping you partnering with you mm-hmm. in the triggers you have. Yeah. Because they're not like, they're not trying, normally they're not trying to piss you off. Right. They have their own triggers. Yeah. Blending with your triggers and they're all right. having a trigger dance and then everyone's feeling frustrated, anxious, pissed. Right. Well, it's like, that's the whole point, right? Of our closest Mm -hmm. relationships is to trigger us because in triggers are experience and wisdom, knowledge Mm -hmm. to be gained. So, you know, and to release things also. Totally. The the dance is like not like projecting it onto somebody else, you know? And like you said, owning it um, and being able to realize what it's trying to tell you. Totally. Yeah. 
All right. So tell us, I want to know, Bethany, about how the hell have you been able to do, be mindfully communicate with your ex, uh, yeah. the father of your son, Kingston? Yeah. So we, we were together for almost 10 years um, and married for like three of those. And our son is six and a half now. He was like two when we got divorced or when we first separated. Um, and the whole, like we came from like what kind of ended the relationship was lack of communication, right? Lack of mindful mm. conversations. We were both, we both kind of like, I, we had tried before. Like I know, like definitely I have, we both did, but we would trigger each other so much that we would both just shut down. So mm. like, I, you know, in the separation, I was able to see, okay, this is why it didn't work. Right. So mm. like you said, we ha- are going to be connected for the rest of our lives and he's a good person. Like, and I'm glad that he's the father of my son because I don't like, we always got along. We're really good friends. So it was like, how do we maintain this friendship and this connection Mm -hmm. with boundaries? Right. So the first thing I realized was you have to set boundaries. Um, so you don't have to share everything if you don't want to. And, but then there are times where you do have to share things that, um, that may be uncomfortable. And I think that's the, that was the practice for me was like being able to actually say out loud the things that, um, that weren't working and, and being okay with his response. Like you kind of have to let go Mm -hmm. of like, for me, it was like the saving, like I didn't want to trigger him. So like, I knew that I knew what I was going to say was going to trigger him. So I, that's why we like, I would stop saying things in our relationship. But like, as we uh, got towards the end, we actually were able to like have really honest, vulnerable conversations that didn't feel good. And it made us closer in a sense. Like, I think there was like a deeper respect for each other you know like Mm -hmm. after being able to say the things that we couldn't say when we were actually in relationship it was really weird like once we weren't in a relationship together we were actually able to just like be more authentic in ourselves so um anyways I knew that like I had to stop projecting stuff onto him so like that Mm -hmm. was the big so many things you've already said like I also had to learn his communications. Like I actually like had space from the relationship to actually see, okay, think about what's the best way to bring this up. Right. And, and understanding how he's also reacted in the past. I have to look at, okay, I can't keep trying to do the same thing over and over again. You know, I have to try something new and I have to do it from a place uh, that's, that's He's going to be receptive to. So it was just kind of like a lot of practice of um, trying like the words, like the actual words, the tone, like you have to be really mindful of who this person is, where they're at in their life. Right. So if he's not doing the same kind of like other, the work in his life, I have to be mindful. Okay. I'm going to probably trigger him like, you know, and understanding that and kind of going into it, knowing that so that Mm -hmm. I can own my, my side of it and also hold my boundary. For me, it's the boundaries were the biggest thing. Like Um, and, and constantly kind of like reflecting back to him if he were, if he's getting upset or like trying to project it onto me, kind of being a reflect reflection and being like, well, like, you know, the most important thing, like, what is the most important thing? It's Kingston or whatever the issue, right. And trying to bring it back to the issue instead of making it about each other. Um, that what's a boundary. So like, just curious, like when you say boundaries, can you give us a couple examples of the boundaries you put in place? um out of co-parenting after divorce again it's not sharing things if I don't want to share like if you know like sharing things about myself I don't have like not doing that only sharing the things that um 
that because again, it's like, I, because I know him so well, cause we were, you know, we were together for almost 10 years. It's like, I know him and I also observe him and like, uh, it's so hard to put into words. <laughs> like not <laughs> telling him about like, boundary. if you decided where to spend your money, if you went right. on a date, like exactly. he used to be my person. He's not my person anymore. Right. Therefore sharing like this. He's still my friend. Right. But, and maybe I would talk to my friends about dates or someone I'm dating, but I'm not going to do that with him because that probably would be weird. Right. Like, and up and possibly upsetting. Um, and why am I doing that anyway? Right. Like, yeah, so there is for us, our relationship was very codependent. So there were lack, very lack of boundaries, but between us, like mm. we thought we had to do everything for each other. We had thought we had to talk about every single thing with each other, you know, that, that kind of, thing and there was that enmeshment so I had to like pull our pull our energies apart and realize what was mine what was his what um what I took on from him you know and and really getting clear on who I am and how I communicate and authentically and then also being okay with that so like yeah. in our relationship I sometimes like he would always can tell me like I'm mean or like I would be kind of harsh you know when sometimes I wasn't trying to be I was just being honest like like this is, and the words would just come out. And I think that was just a, a model I saw in my childhood. Like my dad's kind of like, uh, oh, I don't know what the word is like abrasive or, you know, kind of mm, direct, direct. Yeah. yeah you know, and like I'm not aggressive. really. And, but it's funny because it's not necessarily, it's just the words he's using trigger mm. people, right? Like, oh, that's stupid. You know, like things like that, where it's like, you're not trying to like hurt someone's feelings. You're just that's stupid. Like <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Like, you know, things like that. But like my ex is a, is a very sensitive person and that's what I also love about him. But so I would just have to be mindful of the words that I would use and the tone of voice or, and also owning if I did like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like make you upset, you know, and trying to find another word or, you know, something that's going to help him understand instead of just being a heightened emotional state, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what I mean by boundaries, like okay. being okay, like basically being, not changing myself to make him comfortable, but yeah. also being considerate of his feelings, because if I'm just constantly triggering him and not giving a fuck, then it's going to affect our Kingston, right? It's going yeah. to affect the relationship we have in co-parenting. And yeah, so, and then also like, asking him to kind of like asking for what I need. I didn't really do that in our relationship, like stating, I need your help with this. Like, I need you to take this on. Cause I kind of took on everything in the relationship mm -hmm. and I didn't ask for that. And so getting really specific and, and then also letting go of the past of like, oh, he's probably not going to do that. Like, that's what yeah. I used to think. Right. So yeah. now I just kind of like, okay. And I don't, and I don't care anymore. If he doesn't do it, I'm just like, okay, it's fine. Like, you know, forgiveness. That's fine. I don't care you know, that kind of thing. I think one thing that you said that I shared with planting, um, is for some, uh, of my clients who have decided to choose to uncouple, you know, uh, begin a separation or divorce. I'll tell some of them, if you can heal something between the two of you, some mm -hmm. friendships, some romantic relationships, there's still a friendship there. There's still, yeah. or there's co-parenting um, that they can maybe make some commitments and work through, um, healing. And then sometimes, uh, they're not your person. Like yeah. I tell, you know, especially have a couple couples right now, one of the couple now. Um, 
and I'll say, you have to heal this on your own. This is not you yeah. to heal with them. They're not interested. You guys have, <laughs> you know, dissolved the relationship romantically. Right. You might co-parent, mm-hmm. but your, your responsibility is because you're, you still have pain and hurt and things to heal, Totally. but it's yours to do on your own mm-hmm. and they don't have to participate. Not exactly. only they don't have to, they don't need to, because it has to be a voluntary process. Yeah. That's totally, that's exactly what I saw for us. Like if we didn't separate, we wouldn't be able to heal individually because we were just constantly wanting to heal each other, Mm. you know? Um, And that's where another boundary had to come in, right? That's a boundary is like, no, Mm. it's not your responsibility to save me. I don't, you know, like, it's actually okay to say, no, I don't want you to help me or I don't want you to be there for me. It's time for me to be there for myself. Um, That's what I had to do for me. Yeah. Yeah. there was something else I was going to say. No, I can't. Oh, um, also like owning, I had to like really get, be humble and own Mm. stuff from the past and apologize for it. You know, like Mm. I like, this was just because like, kind of just, these were, I was being triggered or I was experiencing this and that wasn't, you know, Mm. I put that on you and that wasn't fair. So like having those conversations too, Mm. like you really have to put your ego aside and like your pride and, and be willing to, admit when you're wrong and um and also allow the other person to lead lead when it's time what i'm hearing with you mm, is that you and your ex were able to have i mean there's mindful being mindful conversations Mm -hmm. when it comes to um oh we're still have a relationship for friendship we still have connections that are um we're not pissed we're not really divided or, and, we're, and you both agree to put your Kingston first, your son mm-hmm. first. But then there's sometimes divorces where there's a lot of animosity mm-hmm. or one is choosing to grow and learn. Yeah. And one is like not doing it for yeah. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes mindful conversations can be independent of someone fully participating with you. Like mm-hmm. if, if your ex had said, yeah, you, it's your fault. We're getting a divorce and I'll put my son first, but I don't want to freaking talk to you about all this stuff. Unless you want to say sorry to me, I'm not interested. In, so you know what I mean? Like there's just yeah, a little yeah. bit of unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. I think you could still be mindful on top of someone not participating in the healing process. Does that oh, make totally. sense? Yeah, yeah, okay. totally. Yeah. It, and again, that's just you taking responsibility for the way you show up in the conversation mm-hmm. or the relationship and choosing not to have any other like relationship outside of just the parenting thing right Mm -hmm. or um also allowing them to take response like don't take responsibility for the way they're treating you if they're doing that and just say okay i forgive you that's you like just sending them love from afar and being like they'll they'll figure it out you know yeah yeah again that's that's those are boundaries for me that's all what setting boundaries means yeah no i think that's a good good point yeah um are we, you want to talk about mindful conversations at work? Sure. Or do we have, okay. Yeah, let's do Did it. Did you have anything else to add to divorce mindful conversations? Um, no, I don't think so. Not, not the moment. Maybe something else will come up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other areas that um, we can look at having mindful conversations is at work. Whether you're an employee, you own your own business, working with vendors, whether you're a manager, whether you're at the bottom of the totem pole in a company. And the tips that I'm about to share is really um, trying, especially when it comes to like um, conflict, 
or something. Sometimes people just mindful conversation around like, I want more money. Right. All right. I want more of this or I want less of this. Mm -hmm. So we get nervous and anxious. And then we sometimes go into them either a maybe um, aggressively, like I've already frustrated and I'm not even in the conversation or we go passively Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not going to get what I want. Yeah. So here's some, (laughs) here's some tips because, you know, I wish, um, well, maybe one of these days we'll do a, a class or an episode on managing people because that is such mm. a skill set that I think people really, really need to work on. Mm-hmm. But this is for anyone. One of the things is, let's say you want to go into your boss's office, right? And you want to talk about something, um, hey, I want more flexible schedule, like COVID, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're wanting us to come back into the office and I've got kids, like, I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I need to talk to my boss about being more flexible. One of the things is to narrate the process. Mm. And when I say narrate the process, it means um, to say, hey, I wanna talk to you about some needs I have. I'm feeling a little anxious. Mm. Um, I know that you said you're really busy this week, Mm -hmm. but do you think that we could set some time Mm -hmm. across the next 20 minutes so that really can get into this conversation? It's important to me. Mm -hmm. And when I say narrate the process, it's share the feelings. Yeah. Maybe even ask, um, you know, you seem a little, you know, I don't know, you seem off today or you, oh, you go hot, you know, whatever. If you're sensing something that's especially undesirable, mm-hmm. it's just to put it out there. Right. And it, what you're doing is you're kind of putting a game plan a little bit and you're getting them to acknowledge and or agree. So it's like, Hey, yes, I'm going to be here. So if Bethany, you came to me, you want to talk to me. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm a little frustrated because the project's behind schedule, then over budget, but yes, I've got 20 minutes, Bethany, talk to me. And I also am clear that you're a little nervous about it. Mm-hmm. And that helps people know one is, oh, Bethany seems off. Why is she off? So instead of me talking to myself about what Bethany's doing, right. I'm actually like, oh, she's nervous. We've right. set aside that conversation either I'm having with myself or I'll end up having with Bethany's. Are you okay? What's going on? Right. And then we spend five minutes of the 20 minutes talking about (laughs) it right um and you could say things like you know i'm a little nervous and you seem a little frustrated because the project as you just said is off its time schedule and um budget but i i don't want to spend my time on that and that's another way of narrating like you could tell people i don't want to i don't want to talk about that what i want to talk about is this yeah then the other piece is remind people you're on the same team Mm. you know Hey, I really love working here. Hey, I know we're committed to, we make shoes. We're committed to making the best shoes for the best price. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm aligned with you on that. Mm-hmm. And here are some things that are getting in my way to be as efficient or capable or enjoy the process. Totally. So what you're doing is you're, rem- it's like almost stating the mission statement of mm-hmm. what you're all there for. And saying, I know you have my back, especially, and you don't want to lie. So don't be asked your way through this because <laughs> right. people could smell a lie. Totes. Uh, is to say something like, you know, I know you are, I love how you're so efficient in the conversations. Maybe it's someone that's like really bullet points, like, yeah, and, and really direct. Mm-hmm. But I need for me, my process is, 
and it's a little bit narrated the process, but also it's like my process is to go a little slower. So can we take a little extra time because our commitment is that we create the best shoe. Totally. And that, and part of our commitment, you know, so you're reminding them what the commitment of the company or what the commitment of the team are mm-hmm. together. Then the last one is share how you can, they can support your style. Like, and I showed this a little bit earlier, but like, I need to, so like going back to the COVID, I have three kids at home and my style is, you know, I took this job because I love it. I'm really good at these things, Yeah. but I also have responsibilities at home. And with this pandemic, I need your support. Here's how you could support me. Yeah to give you what you need. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is you're pulling in people to be part of your team to actually give them what they want. Yeah. And not asking like, for your needs mm-hmm. to get met. Totally. Yeah. And not from a begging point of view or not from a like upset point of view yeah. from a it's like a request. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Behind every complaint, if you have a complaint about anything in a relationship, a work space, behind every complaint is a request that is waiting to be asked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's getting to that part. That is the difficult part is like, we just want to complain. Right. But it's like, okay, what are you actually complaining about? What do you Mm. need? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of us don't work with most mindful of managers or bosses. We often wonder how our managers got to that position. (laughs) You're like, really? Yeah. Um, And, and if you're a manager, it's a great thing. I say surveys are really good finding out, but they have to be, usually they have to be confidential is letting people like, are you good at what you do? Right. Is like good. And where are you not good at what you do? Right. Are the people in the right position for them? Sometimes they're placed in positions where it's not really highlighting their strengths and they're struggling. And being a good leader means you, again, you have to be open to feedback to improve because you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again for years because people evolve, the world evolves, the business evolves, like you get new people in, you know? And so it's like being okay with change and flexibility is a huge part in uh, leadership and management. Um, which, but again, our egos and our pride get in the way of us actually hearing those things because we take it so personally. Totally. I think that an old style is get people to fit into the business model, the model of the business they're in. And really, and millennials are really blowing this up is they're like, how can businesses align to my personal values and models and commitment? I feel like a cat just flew in your face. (laughs) He jumped, he, no, he jumped up on I'm in my closet, so I have like shelves and stuff above me. And he jumped up there, but he knocked something down. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. She's in a closet. I'm in the kitchen. It's all yeah. exciting. Yep, it is. It's very exciting. Um, so those are some ways to really optimize a conversation that can be um not as effective as you want when it comes to work conversations, especially when it's something that you think is going to be anxiety provoking for you or possibly not turn out the way you want it to turn out. Sometimes people don't have conversations because they think if I speak up, it's going to be worse. And the worst, I mean, I know as a boss is the worst thing for me is people not to talk to me Yeah, because they're going to leave me. And FYI, all you managers, people don't leave companies. They leave bosses. Totally. It has been the same research for the last like 20 years. Yeah. So, um, okay. I want to know from you, you know, mm-hmm. what is your, one of you to switch gears bit is yeah. what is your biggest win? Like mindful communication win that you've had in um, your life? I'd say recently in my life. Well, cause I, 
recently I feel like my wins have been in communicating authentically. Do you have it in your death? Like, <laughs> you said in my life. And I was like, well, no, in your death. <laughs> well, if I'm thinking about like, okay. So I just lives. No, I don't know why. I was just like, in my life. Like, what? That's a I heavy question. My like, whole life? Fuck. I, <laughs> I was thinking maybe just like this year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I know. It's like... been like five years and one. So um, <laughs> it is. It is. No, I was going to say the biggest wins have been, I mean, obviously I already talked about my divorce, um, and that and co-parenting, but I think family, um, conversations, like being honest there and, uh, authentically communicating, like standing up for myself again, boundaries is really big for me. Being is this to, with your family, like siblings and parents, like parents, or your, oh, parents okay. okay your parents. Um, you know, uh, but honestly, I don't really feel like talking about that. The more so I think what I want to talk about is <laughs> those are just some examples. Like I, I, I feel like I've, been able to honestly communicate and actually be myself instead of just trying to make everyone comfortable. Basically it's mm. like in a nutshell, the biggest win. Um, but I've been online dating recently and like that has been interesting because that's actually given me like the foundation to practice my mindful conversations. And even Aaron has coached me around this this year. Um, and I think the big, like, I don't, some people are different. So like sometimes people are, have, it's easier to be themselves and to like be honest when they're meeting new people. And sometimes it's not. So I've noticed like, you know, where it is sometimes you, you care, you want the other person to, to like you, right. Especially if you like that person and you're afraid to say certain things or to say, to be yourself, like mm-hmm. how you are, because they may get triggered. And I've seen all of it. Like I've been like, Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to say this. And then like, you know, whoever that person is may be offended or maybe like, Oh, okay. It'll like stop talking to you or something like that. So it's like, I think my biggest win has gotten over that like rejection aspect Mm. of like just being myself and communicating. And again, honestly, like if I'm being triggered, like even early on when you're starting to talk to somebody and, and like kind of, you know, maybe plan a date or you go on a couple dates and you're still talking and you get triggered by them, like owning your triggers and actually like communicating that can sometimes be scary because you don't know how they're going to receive it. Um, So that has been, I think my biggest win for the year is like, Hey, when you did this, it made me feel like this. And this is kind of something I've been working on. This is something that I'm healing right now for me, for me. So, you know, um, just basically kind of putting it on the table, like this, Mm -hmm. this may show up basically, like if we were to continue to date, (laughs) I may get triggered this way and I may act this way, but it just means this. And then like really learning how to have requests, like, if I do this, can you do this for me? Or if I act this way, can you call me out on it? Or can you Mm. like respond to me in this way? Because when you respond to me that way, it makes me feel like shutting down. Right. So actually being able to pinpoint the behavior that they're doing and like saying like, when you do that, it makes me do this, you know? So I don't know. Can I flip that for them for a second? Sure. Another way, because you could say like, I'm a big believer because so many couples they'll say you make, right. You make me mm. do this. And I, I'm, I'm constantly trying to cut that making rather yeah. than saying, here's how you, you, you say you want me to be my, like, first you say, I'm really committed to be my authentic self. And someone goes, yes, I want more of that. Great. Here's how you can enhance that. Here's how I blossom in that. Mm. And then what they're doing is they're creating a surrounding where you blossom in it yeah. rather than they're making you do something you don't want to do. And they probably wouldn't want to see anyways. Right. There's a 
responsibility for the behavior that I see with clients. Like I want you to be responsible for the way you are, but telling someone, how do you make this a fertile, fertile soil for me to really be my best self? Totally. Yeah. So thank I, you. Thanks for like letting that. me indulge that a little bit. I was no, like, no, hey. totally. I like that. Um, because we don't realize that the language that we use sometimes, mm-hmm. right. Until somebody reflects it back to us and how it's coming across. Um, because yeah, it's obviously, yeah, they're the way that they're acting is causing me to feel a certain way, but it's not like, I know they're not doing it on purpose. And I think that's also where learning how to communicate that stuff, like with what you just said is where, uh, I'm still winning, <laughs> I'm still <laughs> practicing, but, um, again, I think it's the biggest is just authentically communicating mm-hmm. and being okay if I'm rejected because I know it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's just because they can't, they don't want to hear it or they just, they're just not the person to be saying totally. it to, you know, um, and being okay <coughs> with being Excuse a misunderstood, me. bless you. And, um, or being okay if I trigger people, you yeah. know, with how I communicate when I know that I have come from the most <laughs> mindful place, I've sat here and thought about how I could say this the best and you're still acting that way. Okay. <laughs> like there's nothing I can do. <laughs> and that's something that where you can, like, we can say like, oh, what happened? Tell me where you, where you, how you landed over here. Yeah. But I'm over here. And then in dating, it's like, oh, yeah. right. Well, I, you know, we, and to call it like, I've had many of those conversations too, like, where we oh, kind of like dissect the conversation yeah. like where he's like, go back and read what you just wrote me. And this is why I'm responding this way. And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. Like, I didn't realize, like, this is what I was trying to say, you know? Yes. Like that misunderstanding. Totally. And I think that's where we get, like, I tell people there's a, you know, passive aggressive conversations and there's aggressive aggressive and trying to blend them. And if, if someone's committed to understanding how they communicate and take your responsibility, yeah, that's such a great playground to build from. But when mm-hmm. someone's like, no, yeah. I am the way that I am. Or you're doing this and yeah. you're the way you are. There's not there, that rigidity keeps from flexibility and yeah. flexibility is mindfulness. Totally. It's like, I'm not attached to the way I am, Yeah, but I am committed that I be my best version of myself. Right. And that is an evolving um, piece. Yeah. So it's like being willing to hear what the other person has to say about how you're showing right. up. Totally. Because there could be something in there you need to see. <laughs> yeah. About yourself. Like, like you're a little bit manipulative. Right. Maybe exactly. A lot of it. <laughs> like apparently I think men make me do things, <laughs> make me feel a certain way. <laughs> right. God it's... damn it, men. Will you just stop it? <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we wanted to end um, on a practice, a mindful practice. And this is to really help when you're having um, a very acute peak conversation of like this, like one could be with someone like we've never successfully walked through this conversation without someone being upset Mm -hmm. or I'm anxious to introduce this conversation. So one of the things is I do this exercise with clients and I'm going to share with you today. It's a mini kind of guided journey meditation to front load um, uh, conversations and tricky conversations. So if, if you're listening and you're somewhere where you can just chillax, then close your eyes in a moment. If you're driving or doing something, having, you know, dealing with big machinery, wait, pause this, <laughs> do it later. Um, and yeah, so 
close your eyes. I'm going to play some music. And this is really, yes. (laughs) Thank you, Bethany. And this is to help prepare, optimize a difficult conversation. So when you're ready, I just want you to inhale deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. And just a tip about breath work is when you deep do mindful breathing, which is deep inhale, four to five seconds of just breathing in and through your nose, quick pause out through your mouth. Five mindful breaths a day actually can extend your life. But ultimately, in regards to the conversation we're having today, when we breathe mindfully, we are actually engaging our frontal lobe, which is our critical thinker. And we are more likely to be um, present than reactionary. We're more likely to stay connected to what our commitment is rather than reactive to what's going on. So take another few deep breaths. And anytime you're in an argument, you might say, maybe you have an agreement. Hey, whenever we start getting upset and tension, we have an agreement. Either of us can say, take time out. We need to deep breathe. We need some mindful breaths. See if that'll help. All right. And then the next one, I want you to imagine that person you're going to have that conversation that maybe it's your boss and you're like, oh, she's so intimidating. Or maybe it's your partner and you guys have to talk about money and it never goes well. Or maybe it's your adult child who you're finding your way through, they're an adult, they could do what they want, but I also wanna talk to them about this. And how do I talk to them? So whoever that is, take a moment, I want you to imagine them sitting or standing across from you. And as you breathe, still breathing deeply, I want you to imagine seeing the features, really using your creativity, seeing the details. They're right there in front of you, fully alive and alert. And you're about to have this tricky, difficult conversation. Okay. Then I want you to imagine that almost like a ghost-like sense of them, like a spirit. I want you to call forth their best self to rise above them. Their body's in front of you, but like another spirit version. And this is their best self. This is like them on their best, the kindest, most compassionate, like, I love you. And I want you to win in this relationship. So imagine like floating above them. So you see the physical self with all their ego, three-dimensional. And then you see more of this um, sheer, spiritual, kind, loving. And even allow yourself to see that they look at you with love and kindness. They just adore you. And I want you to tell them what your worry is about this conversation. What are you worried about? What are you scared? What has happened in the past? And just be fully self-expressed. What are you worried about if you have this conversation and it's your boss, you're gonna, I'm gonna make less money. There's gonna be a break in trust. If it's your adult child, like you're gonna cut me out of your life. If it's your partner about money, you're gonna get mad at me. And I hate when people get mad at me, whatever it is. 
share your worries, your concern. And then the next few deep breaths, I want you to tell them why, what will be available to you? What do you want out of this conversation? I want us to feel connected. I want you to feel loved and me to feel loved. And I want us to have more of an open dialogue when things go bump in the night. I want more money. Like I've been working for this company for five years. I want more money. And I want you to be joyously excited about giving it to me. Just take a few moments. And this is really this, what do you really want? I want you to apologize for hurting my feelings. And then when you're ready, just see the spiritual side of this person, egoless, looking at you like, yes, I want that too. Sending you love, understanding, totally on the same page. Breathe that love in, breathe that compassion. And when you're ready, there might be a message or might be something they want to share with you. So you just be, is there anything you want to share with me? Ask them that will help have the most mindful and positive, positive forward moving conversation. Take a minute for that. All right, take several deep breaths just to like integrate this conversation into your nose, out your mouth, sense what you're feeling right now. And when you're ready, open your eyes and come back to the space. Take a quick moment. How was that for you, Bethany? It was um, informative. <laughs> ah. Do you want yeah. to share who it is? Or are you keeping that yeah, to yourself? Well, no, no, I can share. I was at first, I was like, I don't have anybody I need to have a difficult conversation with, but um, uh, it was with my boss because, so I haven't, I don't even think you and I haven't talked like, because you've been on vacation and like, we've just been like doing work stuff, but I decided to leave my teaching job. And so it's, it was a conversation with my boss. I've already had a conversation with her, but, and, and I told her that I wasn't planning on coming back. Um, so she already knows, but that was like through email. It wasn't through like face-to-face. -face. Um, but I noticed that there was why I'm like afraid to have a conversation with her about it is because I, and I, and I was kind of relating it also to like my marriage. And like when I knew it was just time for me to leave because it was what was best for me. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't want people to resent me or to be upset with me because mm -hmm. it's like my leaving is impacting the program or the, you know, the relationship or whatever it is. Um, and so it's like forgiveness or acceptance for me choosing myself is like mm -hmm. what I most want out of the conversations because mm -hmm. I know it's best for me and I'm, and I'm being quote unquote selfish, but you know, and not thinking about how it may impact the program for me leaving in such a difficult transition period. But it's just, I know, and I've known for a while, it's just not what I want to keep doing. And it's been pretty clear recently, just how much I'd rather focus on my business and make that full time. So mm. yeah, that's what it was. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for sharing. Cause that's something, yeah, it's not easy. And, and just so you all know, what is a 
conflictual conversation for one is not necessarily for another. Right. Yeah. Um, you might be, have been like, oh gosh, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Or I want forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So hopefully these tips helped all of you yeah. having mindful conversations, uh, feeling like you really be empowered in the moment and authentic while also giving someone the space too to do the same. Yeah. And then we're going to do intuitive hits in a moment with a very fun couple, Ben and Sarah, um, yeah. some of our listeners. Our first so couple. I know our first couple, which is great after mindful uh, conversations because they're Sagittarius's. They're fire signs. They're like, <laughs> yeah, fuck, ooh, I'm God. <laughs> and mindfulness doesn't always function that way. Right. Can, but it's not always. Mm. <laughs> but what's that? Mm. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> So, um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Listen to intuitive hits and Ben and Sarah who are on listeners. And if you want to be, um, get a free intuitive hit, just DM us. We are, people are starting to DM us, letting us know. Mm-hmm. I want that. So yeah. we're Great. game. Yeah. yeah. And then if you want to work with us, um, on Instagram, it's, uh, at the real Aaron Pruitt. And for me, it's at empowering authenticity. And then, um, yours is erinpruitt.com, right? Mm-hmm. And mine is empoweringauthenticity.com. And you can see the services we offer and get longer readings or coaching sessions with us. So yeah, thanks for listening. Bye everyone. Bye.